You see, the perfection of Jesus deserves the affection of the follower because of everything that he does and everything that he represents. That's the difference between the anointing and the appointing. The desire for spiritual growth through Christ-mindedness. Insights on biblically inspired faith consciousness and how the virtue of Christ helps us relate to the world around us. Welcome to the Spiritual Renewal Podcast with your host, George Vasquez. Uh, we're going to be studying about some oil in John chapter 12. Chapter 12, starting with verse 1. In six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him, and he is, a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with them. Imagine this, a grand party. If there was someone, a relative, that was known in your family, that everybody knew and loved, and was resurrected, how many people do you think would show up at the resurrection party? Yeah. So this was a pretty good, uh, pretty huge event, you know? And not only that, you could imagine the feeling, everybody knowing, we've got our brother back. There's Lazarus. So it would be a very exciting event, I believe. They probably would bring out the fatted calf, the turkey, as it were, and yam, mashed potatoes. It would be a very feast-type occasion. Okay, and then third chapter, Mary took a pound of very, because she was probably excited. She took a pound of very costly oil of spicknard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Uh, what she had there, probably equivalent of about 12 ounces, pretty much a year's wage, right? So it's like spending, like, it's like going out for Christmas and spending it all on the, some Pierre Cardin taking that big bottle and dumping the whole thing. Can you imagine? Yes, a couple of squirts of good cologne, you know how it smells? It'll fill the room. This was so much fragrant. It literally, you know, you could probably smell it from the neighbor's house and the neighbor down the road. This was just before Jesus goes to the cross. And guess what? When you're hanging from the cross, what is the closest thing to your nose? His feet. He was the best smelling dead man on a cross that anybody had ever smelled. Every, he was carrying his cross down the alleys like that. You could smell him coming, man. I got some cologne. I don't use it very often. You might need it for an occasion like Thanksgiving or you go to a wedding or a funeral or something like that. You, know, you know, guys, know what I'm talking about. You have that very special one and you, you're putting it on special because it's an occasion. And Mary says, this is great, man. I got a whole pound of this stuff. I'm going to use it all up on Jesus. Not only did he bring my brother Lazarus back to life, but now we know he's going to go across. And on the one hand, he resurrects someone from the dead. And on the other hand, he's going to his own death. Now here, someone on the outside looking in, verse 4, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? 
Okay, here's the problem right here. Uh, Judas wasn't thinking about the poor at all. He was thinking about his own pocket. He was a thief. He wanted his claws on this money. And then why are you going to lavish the Son of God and his feet before he goes to his death when we could give this money to the poor? It could be used otherwise. Not realizing that you only have Jesus once. How narrow-minded sometimes we can get. We can think about the physical realities in the ter in terms of money, in terms of uh, the smell, or what you can do. And sometimes we can we can scheme in our minds different ways that uh, we would like to conduct ministry, but at the same time, not even looking at the reality of what ministry is. Where do you place the value? We're talking about salvation. This is the Jesus' feet that would be soon hanging from the cross. Where are, are, do we have it in the right perspective is what we're saying. There's an anointing here going on. So the oil, then, is part of an anointing. Okay, so the anointing revolves a consecration. A consecration is, is merely saying that, you know what, I, I am going to make this mission that God has set in motion I'm going to take that under uh, under my my whole being, and I'm going to dedicate myself and devote myself to this mission. There was two purposes for the anointing oil. Number one, it actually had medicinal purposes. You could get healed from anointing oil. All right, and and the reason they knew this is because the oil was used on the sheep's nostrils because they were moisturizing properties to oil. You understand? Part of the shepherd's duty was to anoint the sheep or the, or the lamb with oil to keep them hydrated so they would retain water. You know, there's a type of oil that's called frankincense. The frankincense comes from sap that comes from a tree named after it. If you have asthma and you have no medication, you put a little frankincense on your nose. You inhale that like you do asthma medication sometimes, and it will calm your breathing down. So the two different purposes. Now, the one is for healing. And when we say we're, we're talking about healing, we're not saying you grow an armor back or a limb back. But you know what? It can make you feel better inside. Holistically, it's all proven science, and you can find oils to do that. Here's another one. Clove oil. Yes, what do you use clove oil for? That's exactly what you do. And it works instantly like that. It does. You could try uh, anison. You could try ibuprofen. Or put a little clove oil on there. Your pain's gone. But then also the second purpose is that for consecration. Uh, when you're going on a mission or when uh, at the point where you say, I'm taking my life in a new direction. And then there's a problem three, five, and six, right? And uh, you're just giving it to God, and you're saying, God, you show me, and I'm following you. And so that's what Jesus was doing at this moment. Mary picked up on it. She understood the value of the moment, and she seized that moment. See, instead, Judas wasn't even looking at the value of the moment in terms of spirituality, right? Because he wasn't a spiritual person. He was a, a type of person that only cared about the physical reality of what was going on around him. So, 
there's a lot of good way, good things that we can learn from these particular verses. And the most important thing is the value of God's perfection, because He has perfections that go beyond the scope of what we can imagine. But then there is the matchup to that. It's the intensity of our affection. So there's God's perfections and our affection. God's perfections and our affections. All right. How much we love God and how perfectly God loves us. It's the idea that in our mind we have the right perspective and we can match those values up from the heart. About $25,000 that Mary spent on this pound of oil. And then to, to give it all in affection from her heart because of the perfection that she saw in Jesus Christ and the fact that she knew what was going to have it. G Judas, he's got this unbelievable disregard for any affection for Christ. He's not seeing the love there. He's not seeing the love by any means. So, and, but Mary, she picks up on it and she's not just seeing the love. She's seen the glory of God Himself. She is tasting His grace at that moment. She's getting a true glimpse of truth, the truth of who Christ is and what He is about to do in dying on the cross for our sins. Let's, let's continue reading. Here was Judas. He wanted to give the money to the poor. And that he said in verse 6, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he used to take it and, and take what was put in it. And Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for this day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom they had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. You see, the perfection of Jesus deserves the affection of the follower because of everything that he does and everything that he represents. That's the difference between the anointing and the appointing. Here's the last thing then, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Notice here in verse 15 and 16. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Did you hear that? You are the fragrance of Christ. He says, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. See, there's Lazarus there. Lazarus was saved and raised from the, grave, from the grave. There's Christ who died for you, who was anointed and appointed. And not only that, but he was sweet-smelling when he went to the cross. So that sweet-smelling aroma that went and with Jesus when he died, when he was buried, was conferred upon you when you accepted Jesus Christ. And then you became the sweet-smelling aroma, the fragrance. And then it says in verse 16, to the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Only one. It's Jesus Christ. See, by your example, they see it, and some of them will think it's a fragrance of death. Why? Because they are not believers. 
and they understand the wrath of God that is conferred to unbelievers. But if there are believers, if they are believers and they're Christians, then it's a sweet smelling aroma. It's so refreshing to have a true Christian, a true brother standing next to you. That, and it smells good. And first John chapter two, verse 27, then Jesus says, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it is taught to you, abide in him. See, by being in Christ Jesus, there's a sweet smelling aroma. It won't be something like, what am I getting out of this? You know, and I'm doing, doing, doing. Or is it one of those things where you're saying, you know what? God has been so great to me. Let me tell you about how God has been great to me. And when you do that, then Christ is working in you and through you. And God is glorifying himself by your life. There's no greater fellowship right there. Because I'm talking about the fellowship, not only with a, a fellow human being, fellowship with Christ and Holy Spirit working in and through you. Be rich in money if that's your goal. Well, why? We need to let our affections for Jesus be lavished upon him fully and heavily. Give it all to Jesus Christ. You know, why be moderate about our love for Jesus Christ? There ain't nothing that we need in this life except for Jesus. And so, Lord, come Maranatha. It's not all about the food you eat and worrying about preparing that. It's about Jesus. Put this in the right order. Jesus first, the spirituality first, the fact that you were anointed to Christ and that you're His and that His Spirit wants to work in and through you for all eternity, forever and ever. Amen? Pastor George, thanks. If you like the show, just include us in your feed. Subscribe and turn on notifications for updates. Visit us at virtueeffects.com. At virtue, no L, and effect, all one word, dot com.